Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,450. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car have two cars or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up. I'm really revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest. Calling in all the way from Ireland, James Rowe. James, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am indeed. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll have some fun. James Rowe is a 21-year-old F3 America's racer from Ireland. He started racing as a child and amassed podium finishes and record-breaking results. In the genetic class, he earned four victories in pole positions and broke the junior lap record at Ireland's famed Mandelo Park. He's raced in the Irish Supercar RT2000, Formula Ford 1600, and today, as I said, in the F3 Americas. While racing Formula Ford, James set a yet unbroken lap record previously held by that Formula One guy, David Coulthard. You may have heard of him. James has nominated, was nominated uh, for the Irish Young Racing Driver of the Year Award and has been named the Motorsport Ireland Dunlop Irish Sport Council Young Racing Driver of the Month. How do they put all that on one trophy? I don't know. I'd like to see that. That must be a big <laughs> one. He was also selected for the inaugural Irish Motor Racing Academy Team Ireland. So, James, I've told our listeners just a little bit about your career, what a career you've had at a young age. Would you take a moment to share a little more about that career before I jump into the questions and a very obvious passion and skill set you have for racing? 
Yeah, no problem. No, you, you touched on it all there pretty much. It, it's been um, an exciting career so far. I started quite late at 15 years old here in Ireland in Geneta Juniors, as, as you mentioned, which is quite late in the sense of your average IndyCar driver or if you want to call it Formula One driver or whatever, they all seem to start when they're four, five, six years old in go-karts. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, no go-karts for me. What <laughs> interesting story behind it. My family has always been involved in motor racing. My uncle, Michael Rowe, was a professional race car driver in the US many, many years ago, back in the 80s, and had a successful career around the world in the likes of Canam and Japanese sports cars and Le Mans and a little bit of IndyCar and so on. So the passion was always there, so to speak, as I was growing up. But for various reasons, just we didn't have resources to go racing at the time when I, when I wanted to start as a kid. So I, in fact, saved up and um, put a lot of effort into getting the funds together to, to buy my first car and I bought that Janetta Junior and we, we went racing and from there things have progressed pretty fast it's been five years uh, since we started racing and um, done two years in Ireland two years in the UK in Formula Ford 1600 and fortunate enough to have wins and lap records and everything we race in so far over this side of the world and then got an opportunity to go to the USA last year and race in a series called F2000 which also went extremely well number of wins and lap records and uh, this year got offered a scholarship to go and compete in um, US Formula 3, which we did. And um, again, had, a, I think, a really positive year. Came away as a Formula 3 race winner in our inaugural year at a professional level. So it's been a crazy journey so far in the space of five years, but it's um, it's all good stuff. Yeah, sounds like it. You know, it sounds like you've got racing fuel in your bloodline here with the family member and so forth. And you know, it, you're a testament to somebody that has is hard driven, experienced, uh, dedicated, disciplined. All those things you have to be at a race to be a race car driver. Uh, really fantastic. I think it's great what you've done. So, congratulations for all that. We're going to learn a lot more, but first, I want to start with a success quote or a mantra. Do you have one in your life that is a bit of an inspiration for you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that come to mind when you when you mention that, but one quote that always sticks to me purely because in motor racing and really in any sport in general you've a lot more bad days than you do good days because you're not going to win every race you do or be the quickest every day you're on track whatever so one quote that i always turn to is success is not final failure is not fatal it's the courage to continue that counts so whenever there's a a rough day at a track or things don't go so well or maybe you i make a mistake or we have a mechanical issue with the car or whatever may maybe on the sponsorship front if a deal fell through or whatever i don't know just just every day is not going to be a great day it's it's the courage to continue and learn from that mistake or that moment or that thing that happened and and progress so that's what i'm i use uh i use quite a bit and uh it's pretty relatable you know that's a hard thing for people to do is to realize that when you have a setback that it's not fatal it's not the end let me ask you this, because this is is a tough thing for a lot of people. They feel like they get one or two setbacks and they're like, ah, it's over. This isn't worth it anymore. Uh, you can't do that in racing. Uh, there's other professional sports is a good example. Even acting is a good example. One year you're getting an Oscar and the next year everybody's talking bad about you or they've forgotten about you because someone else comes along. What do you do or how do you get your mindset around that concept when those low points hit? And we're going to talk about challenges and failures a little later, but I'd love to know, do you have a technique or something that you do that gets you past that point so you can move forward? I don't think I have a, a technique in its sense. 
maybe it's just something natural, but I think due to the fact that I had to put a lot, a lot of effort into even going racing in the first place, saving up all the money and buying the car to start off with, as opposed to being given a car and, and going racing, my thought process has always been that nothing's ever given, everything's earned. So that kind of reflex and when things are going badly that okay it went bad we're going to learn from it but it's only adding more fuel to the fire as a, a lot of sacrifices has been or have been made and are being made to to do what i do and get to where i am both personally and family and supporters and partners and so on so i'm just adamant not to to let anyone down and i i think it's it's probably a little bit, a bit of ignorance to a degree in the sense that <laughs> I don't take no for an answer many times. Yeah. And um, just like I said, there's very, very few things that pull us back. I mean, we had so many setbacks over the years. And the thing with motor racing is that there's a lot of things that are out of your control, as in you can only control the controllables. So um, I just learned from an early age just to, to literally excuse upon drive on and uh not dwell on things for too long it, it, the, the world uh, keeps turning around without um without all these things you know it's something i've heard from a lot of race car drivers and you see it at a very high professional level in racing is it seems that race car driving race car drivers have this mindset of focus on the now um you know the the history is just a data point i i my regular listeners have heard this ad nauseum but i have a, a irritan senna quote on my business cards that the past is just data. I only see the future. <laughs> and I love that because, you know, Senna is one of my racing heroes. I love his whole approach and attitude. But uh, it seems to me that race car drivers tend to have this attitude of, look, we're just focusing on the on the now because the commentators, the people that are interviewing them after a race, they're always wanting to push them into, okay, are you going to be a champion this year? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, mm-hmm. look, I'm just focusing on what is happening right now. Well, then we'll challenge the next race when it gets here. And then the ne- yeah. it's segmenting those parts of your life. Is that something that helps? Yeah, absolutely. I think, obviously, there's a cert- there's two sides to that. I agree completely with what you're saying. But in this industry, obviously, you got to plan ahead a little bit. But certainly oh, yeah. from, a, from a performance side of things and driving and getting results out of myself on track, it's easiest just to focus on the now because there's so, so many variables even from day to day at a racetrack, you know, with track temperatures, track surfaces, the weather, set up on the car, what you've done to the car overnight, maybe your driving style on that particular day. There are all these different variables and every day you got to be so adaptable and not one day is going to be the same as the next. So if you just focus on each day as it comes and, and, and not get set in this routine, I one thing that I heard recently from a guy who was struggling a little bit at a racetrack and he said to me, I said, there's a local track here now and he said, I don't don't know what what's going on he said i've been driving this line for 10 years and all of a sudden it's not working and i said yeah but you do not notice that there's new surfaces put down on the entry so you got to adapt yeah. and yeah. change it so to back up what you're saying that was someone who was certain living in the past to a degree oh it worked for 10 years it's going to work why is it not right. working today but yeah. the fact that in motor racing it's something where you gotta you gotta just focus on that day as if it's a new day and take everything as it comes and that's certainly a, an aspect that i couldn't agree with you more on well said i would love for you to share a story that instigated this passion you have for racing is there a pivotal moment in your life and you knew that you wanted to be a race car driver yeah as i said growing up with my uncle michael having had a professional career and basically that it was that it was his career was 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 motor racing as a racing car driver and he 
had quite a lot of success doing so growing up hearing the stories about him and so on obviously naturally created an interest and my granddad which would be my dad and my uncle's father was uh, a dirt track racer here in ireland and then my dad done a little bit of motor racing but the family business here in ireland is a motor repair shop so we fix cars and sell some cars and so on so from a very very young age i mean since i could walk I was around cars at the family repair shop and I was hearing stories about my uncle's racing careers and looking at photo albums in my grandmother's house and just seeing all these photos of my dad, my uncle and my granddad racing and being around cars. So you could say it was in the blood from, from when I was born and the, the, the passion was there and I just really, really wanted to, to, to go racing. But as I touched on at the start, when we first got going or when we first went to get going, the deal was with my uncle and my dad they said look okay we have the resources to run the car we have a shop we have the tools we have something to pull around on and we have the knowledge <laughs> my uncle's race at Le Mans an Indy 500 level and we're just going to run something here at, at our local racetrack which is two miles away from my house it's the only racetrack in Ireland believe it or not wow and um <laughs> I, they said look things are a little tight you get the car and um we'll make the rest of it work so I was 14 or 13 years old when we had that conversation uh just turned 14 a week later i remember it so well and then from four from 13 to you could say 14 and a half as silly as that sounds i put all my funds together on everything from working at the family repair shop and doing some jobs in different places around the area and just getting all the money together and selling what i could i got enough money together and bought my first car which was a Janetta junior ireland car and uh it's a little spec formula with a 1400 ford engine and a rear wheel drive uh car with a tubular chassis and a quay five-speed gearbox and it's a pretty fun car and um i got the car and uh we went and uh ran it ourselves and in the first race ever on the racetrack we were on the podium and said uh damn there must be something, something here. here yeah and, i think uh, i got something going on we should uh <laughs> We should maybe take this a little more serious. And uh, yeah, cool. we then went chipping away and worked away and had a win that year and stuck out a first, second year. And again, I, at this stage, I've only been racing two years and did nothing before that, um, bar trashing some old banged up cars around the fields around our house that we robbed from the repair shop that weren't worth fixing. Um, my brother and I used to do that. But other than that, that was it. And um, that's where the love started. And I guess things just progress pretty, pretty fast. And um, yeah, so I think it all goes back to just being in the family and being in the blood. And the cars are always spoken about at at our house, whether it's a breakfast table or dinner table, whatever. Cars are brought up in some shape or form. Of course. Well, I talked to this uh, earlier in our talk about challenges and failures, and I want you to discuss one. A real tough time you came up against. Uh, and tell us how you came out of that in a positive way. What was the learning lesson there? Something. I don't have one in particular moment that that jumps out at me, but one year in particular that was quite quite challenging in a sense was 2017. It was my second year race in the UK. I was racing a series called Formula Ford 1600, which is the series that the, all your ex Formula One drivers would have started off in, like Senna's and Mansell's and Brundle's and whatever Damon Hills. Emerson Fittipaldi, all these guys went through Formula Ford 1600. So it's a very, very competitive class in the UK. It's still quite strong and it's full grids at every race. So I done that in the UK in 2017. And um, also during, I done 
that year in the UK, racing in the UK Championship, and I raced in the Northern Irish Championship. And I was also doing my final year in high school in Ireland. And in Ireland, it's a little bit different than the US, I I think, in the sense that you have a a big exam at the end of the year. That's a government-style exam. And you have to pass it to get your graduation or, or graduate from high school. So that year was an extremely busy year in the sense that I was racing two championships, trying to graduate from high school. I was away maybe four or five days a week going racing and throughout the year with a lot, with a lot of challenges with the racing program. As I said, a lot there's a lot of variables in motor racing. We'd also a lot of success with a lot of tough days as well and engines going wrong and engines blowing up and not getting good engines from engine builders and I was making mistakes. I was only racing three years at this point, so I was learning a lot and it was just a huge, a huge challenging year in the sense that I had a lot of pressure on the racing front. I was very busy at it. There was a lot of family sacrifices made that year. And the deal was it or the pressure from that year was okay, well you gotta perform this year. It's your last year in the UK. It's gonna determine whether you get an opportunity to go to the US next year. So as you know, motor racing was a results-based business. So that year was super high intense from a racing point of view and then trying to deal with only being in high school for two or three days a week. Yeah, how on de- earth did you pull that off? Oh, my I don't gosh. Know. I yeah, don't know. Know. It, it goes <laughs> back do to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I've done it. Uh, yeah. It goes back to what we spoke about, just focus on the now. So I just had to, when I was in school, focus on school. When I was at the racetrack, just focus on racing and focus on what i can c- control so it's funny that what we spoke about at the start that goes back to that challenge so it was um a super challenging year but it was one that i knew after the end of that year after everything working out and getting a lot of good results and graduating from high school and then getting the opportunity to go to america i faced so many challenges i had so many tough moments like i remember sitting down with my family many many times saying geez you know it's are we crazy doing what we're doing here? Is this right? Because obviously, I think from my mom and dad's point of view as well, they're letting their son <laughs> not go to school that often and go chase his dream that he has. So there was a lot of family conversations there. And it was just a, a sigh of relief to a degree at the end of it when it all worked out. And he said, OK, it's it's we overcame that that challenge. And it was a, a year long challenge as opposed to a one off one. Wow. Incredible. Well, kudos to you. Obviously, you have a very supportive family and a good group of people around you that helped you through this and guided you through this and gave you the confidence that uh, enabled you to pass it on. But, oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine, especially at a young age, uh, trying to tackle all that. Kudos to you. How about your first really special race car? I know you've raced several different kinds of cars. We've talked about it. But is there one that stands out that you went, wow, I'm here. This is cool. Yeah, there's there's many. I mean... One, if if you said what's really what car is really special, there, okay, there's two. The really special one, I think, looking back on it, probably actually happened this year. So I drove one of my one of my biggest supporters and a guy who's a huge influence to me and makes a, a lot of things happen for me is a guy called John Campion, who you actually had on your show. Oh um, yeah, yeah, awesome know, guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe a year and a half ago. So uh-huh. John has done a lot for me and. Irish motorsport and he set up Team Ireland and so on, which is a foundation for young Irish racing drivers to succeed. And I'm fortunate to be on his team, his race team, which is called CJJ Motorsports. But as you know, John has a hugely impressive car collection, but August just gone, 
he flew a, a Guinness Formula One car over to Ireland. It was in 1989, I think, uh, from March Formula One car that was driven by Derek Daly in um, Formula One that year. And it was backed by Guinness, which is an Irish company. Anyway, they flew the car over to Ireland to the local track here, well, the only track in Ireland, Mondello Park, and we demonstrated the car to Irish Motorsport again. So it was my first Formula One car to drive. Cool. Yeah. To drive such a, an animal, it was just a, a pure blast. It's 650 horsepower, maybe a little more, and um, just pure raw raw driving it. There was no driver aids back then, so I really had to drive it. So that, that was a special moment in the sense that it was John, who's such a big part of, 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 of who I am and, I, and my career, bringing the car back to Ireland with Derek Daly there to Irish Motorsport. And such an iconic car to Irish Motorsport, given that it was a Formula One car sponsored by Guinness, which is one of the most famous Irish companies in the world, um, was just a hugely, uh, hugely special moment. You know, I'll remind our listeners, if you miss my talk with John Campion, you've got to go back. I mean, his story is absolutely incredible <laughs> of how he got to where he got. I mean, it's and, and I do a lot of keynote speaking and I talk about him in every keynote speak speech I give about perseverance and fortitude and grit and everything that John has. So go back and listen to his show on the Cars yeah website. And also when you go to Cars yeah and you see James Rose show notes page, you'll see him with the car he's talking about. That Guinness F1 car, those wonderful, famous black F1 cars. Uh, and of course, this one was driven by Derek Daly. Wow, what an opportunity. You know, you're a young guy. Maybe this is a silly question, but is there a seller's remorse story in your life, a car that you've owned? Or maybe it's a race car you've had that you wish somehow you could have kept? Yeah, I feel as if I'm talking about this car a lot, but I'm going to go back to that Janetta Junior car that I keep speaking about. It's a car that I started racing in. I saved up to buy, got my first win in it, got my first lap record in it. A lot of blood, sweat and tears put into it from a family point of view. I remember working on it nights after school and on the weekends and cleaning it and <laughs> coming out of it covered in oil and just stuff like that that i mean the car has a if you want to use the word sentimental value in the sense i can relate to it so much and have so many memories from it that i'd love to to have back to basically just have there and uh, and have as part of the family furniture to a degree so sure I'm, yeah I, i'm sure i'll get it back sometime i'll, I'll track it down there you ireland's go. not that big no 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 hopefully it's still in ireland Hey, well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up with the new year. Here we are almost at Christmas time. My gosh, this year has flown by. The new year's coming, 2020. I mean, think about 2020. What has you excited and fired up about racing in 2020? Biggest thing is just getting back on track. So we're looking good. We're um, all set up for another year of US Formula 3. Everything's going the right direction. We've got amazing partners on board and an amazing team. And it's the second year at a professional level so from a, a short-term goal point of view 2020 we've one goal in mind and it's as simple as winning the u.s formula 3 championship and um there's very very little things that we're going to let get in our way is, is our mindset we're just super super excited about kicking it off i mean this year was great learning so much and getting a win in front of sixty thousand people i wrote america but we wanted that on a much more regular basis in 2020 and um to be honest, no stones being left unturned in our preparation for it so far. I mean, every box that could possibly be ticked has been ticked. And I think everything's just starting to really gel together from a partner's point of view and a sponsor's point of view and team. And everyone, myself, and the people that helped me out on my driving end of things. And it's just all coming together 
nicely. So um, I'm super, super excited for kicking it off and um, seeing where um, it takes us. And hopefully uh, it'll take us to, to IndyCar in, in a few years. That's why we're doing it. There you go. How can people follow along and watch what you're doing? Uh, is it through uh, your racing website or what's a good way for us to keep up with you? If that's even possible. <laughs> there's, there's many ways. There's social media, James Rowe Jr. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and my website, jamesrowejr.com, and um, F3 America's website and social channels, and uh, CJJ Motorsport social channels. So there's, there's many ways. You'll, uh, you won't find it hard to, uh, to spot or up to. There you go. James, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new ADS-2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom for that you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor chris kimball cfp is just the man for the job he'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy for over 25 years chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments with a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, James, we're back, and I have a bit of an introspective question. I'm going to get into your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, could be a race car, a bike, a car, whatever, how you perceive yourself manifested as a vehicle, what would James Rowe be and why? <laughs> this is a good question. I don't know. Um, I think I would be, uh, I'm not going to say a Porsche 911 Turbo because they're nice. pre pretty a modern one, not, not an old one. They're pretty practical day to day, but yeah. there's also a bit of a supercar under the hood as well, and they can uh, let loose when they want to. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's me. There you go. I love it. One of my favorite cars. Yeah, I think if uh, I wanted to go out and spend a lot of money, I'd go out and buy a brand new Turbo S. 
Oh yeah, there we go. You never seen someone crying in a Porsche? No, I haven't either. (laughs) I don't think I ever have. Maybe somebody hit me or something. (laughs) So we're entering the last lap here. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Porsche Turbo Throttle. So here we go. What's the best racing advice you've ever received? One quote that I heard was just do enough to win. And that goes back to a car point of view and looking after your car. So you have certain drivers who can be super good in their equipment and make their equipment last. And it just if they're in the lead, they're not interested in trashing the car to the end and running out over curbs and like, like destroying their car. They just do enough just to win the race. And they win the race and the car is good. It's in good shape. It's ready to win, win a race tomorrow. So just mechanical sympathy from that point of view when you're doing these championships and it's 18 race over the course of a year. It's very important, I think, just to do enough to win and not do any more. Is in a win's a win, and uh, you're you're keeping your crew happy and your your car happy. You know, I've heard this from a lot of uh, racing drivers I've had on this show, especially endurance drivers like Hurley Haywood, Brian Redmond, Vic Elford, some of the greats that uh, would set up for long distance runs. And yeah, just take care of your vehicle. Do just enough you need. <laughs> Don't thrash that thing. Uh, that's great advice. Nice way to go through life too, by the way. Uh, yeah, you know, don't sure. don't thrash yourself. Do just as much what you need because there's going to be another day. So sometimes you got to pace yourself. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your racing successes over the years? One thing that I have, which is probably a little bit strange, is I'm sort of a neat freak or like super keen on attention to detail. Like if I walk into a building or uh, walking up to a building, I for some reason I straight away I notice all the stuff that's not right as in like if a picture was skewed the wrong way or if there was like tools all scattered all over a workshop and all on the bench and there was oil on the ground I don't know just really silly things like that and like or if I if I'm with the race team or in the the office of the truck going through stuff like everything got to be in order and it, I don't know it's just kind of a it's the same when I get into the car into the race car I hate getting into the race car and there's like dirt on the seat or the car isn't being cleaned. Even if the car wasn't dirty, I don't know what it is. Just getting into a clean race car makes you feel better. And it, it's something that I guess probably has helped me over the years in ensuring that attention to detail is being, is being met on, on, on every avenue, not just a race car point of view, but presentations and dealing with people and just doing what you'd say you'll do and do, doing it right with attention is, is pretty important, I think. Nothing wrong with that. I understand, though. It can kind of drive you crazy. I, I have the same affliction. I'll walk into a room and go, oh, that needs to be moved or adjusted. Or Why do they do that? It looks so stupid. How about a resource? Is there one you'd like to share with our listeners, a go-to for you? Yeah. Uh, one pretty good one is safeisfast.com. So it's a, a website that talks about motor racing. It has all the top IndyCar and Formula One guys and sports car guys as ambassadors, and they give their advice. So they speak about many segments from vehicle dynamics to racecraft to driver fitness to driver mental fitness to dealing with sponsors. And each successful driver gives a short interview on what they think of each topic. And you you can learn a lot from it and in how the real successful guys think. And they really really zone in on the on the right area so there's a lot to be learned there on safestfast.com there you go i'll make sure to put a link to that on james show notes page on the cars yeah website now if i could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a a drink or a meal with anyone in the racing industry a living or deceased who would it be 
it got to be Roger Penske without doubt. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the guy's just a a true and true hero and IndyCar team owner, IMSA team owner, NASCAR team owner, V8 supercar team. That one's in Indianapolis. It's incredible. Speedway. I know. Indy it's incredible. 500. It's a really successful businessman on top of that. Employees over 60,000 people. Yeah. I just don't know how how one guy can be so successful in so many different disciplines that it just blows my mind. I, I don't know how you yeah. – I, I, don't, I don't even know where to start. Just so just I know. It seems have, overwhelming. I, I just shake my head and go, how do you – that's why they call him the captain, right? I mean, yeah, and you, you think go. about the term the captain, uh, you know, you can't run a huge ship by doing all the work yourself. You got to surround yourself with really great people and yeah. let them do their job. And I think that's a key to Roger Penske's success. He also has vision, which is what a captain needs. He needs to know which part of the horizon to aim for, where to sail, where not to sail. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Roger. You know, I'm surprised his name doesn't come up more with that question here because it's just incredible what he's done, but I think he's a very humble, quiet guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've tried to get him on this show, but he doesn't really like to give interviews. He just focuses. No, on and what I, he's I doing. admire that to a degree, also. You know, the guy he probably doesn't have time. <laughs> I know. If well, I, that's the if key. I was yeah, sixty thousand people and running that many race teams, I probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to manage your time very, very well. Well, that would yeah. be a good one. I think he's a, a great one too. I'd love to sit down with him as well. We'll see if we can set that up. Okay. Yeah, how about a how, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, there's actually a book called Make Your Bed, which sounds silly, but it's by um a guy called William McRaven and it's he's a it's based on a true story where it's a very short book, but it's about a Navy SEAL and um they talk about their experience of when they're going through the Navy and all the challenges that they face and how all the little things add up to make a big difference as opposed to doing one thing really well, do 20 things, 20 small things really well, and you'll see a big result. That returns, I can relate to that to the motor racing, as in because I'm racing in a spec form and all the drivers are good drivers, and all the teams are good teams, and so on. You you start to deal in percentages as opposed to looking for one big chunk to improve. You just improve 10 little areas and you, you'll see a no- noticeable gain. So that's um a pretty good, book in the sense that it, it just opens up your mind to focus on the right areas and little things add up. You know, I've heard this uh, from a lot of people, but the, the military mindset, my uh, late father-in-law uh, served in the Marine Corps for 30 plus years. And I remember back when I was dating my wife, we've been married 35 years now, so been a long time, but talking to him about that, and he he mentioned that one time, he said the when you go into boot camp, the, one of the first things they teach you when you get up, you make your bed and you make it yeah. a very specific way. And the mindset mm-hmm. was to set your day on a track that you can achieve and a result oriented goal. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it sets a seed in your head. And, you know, you think, you think back to the days when mom used to always bug you, make your bed, make your bed. <laughs> Why do, what matters, mom? Nobody's in my room yeah. but me, you know? Well, moms are pretty smart, right? Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, no, his, uh, it's his, his point of, of view is that no matter how bad your day goes or what goes wrong, you could have the worst day ever, but you're coming home to a bed that's made. And yes. it's one thing that you don't write that day. So every yeah. day is productive to a degree, yeah. even if you're yeah. the worst day ever. And, uh, it's pretty simple, isn't it? But it, it yeah. works. Yeah, it Absolutely. works. Yeah. I always think about it when I might be a little lazy, I get up, I look back and go, ah, got to make my bed. Yeah, got to make my bed. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources James has shared with us on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in James Rowe, R-O-E, and that page will pop up. All right, James, we're almost to the checkered flag a place you've been many times. 
This last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool, fun collector car. Could be a vintage race car, too, in this case for you. But there are some rules to this game that you have to abide by since I'm writing the check. I'm the sponsor today. I get what I want. So you can't sell this car to buy a bunch of other toys with or fund your racing team. You have to drive it. No Garage Queens here. So I want you to take it out and enjoy it. And it's the only one cool collector car, collector vintage race car that you can have parked in your garage. So choose wisely. It's got to be the... I have a soft spot for Group C IMSA cars, and uh, especially after driving John Campion's uh, Spirit of Miami car that he now owns that was driven by Emerson Fittipaldi. They're just an awesome car, and they look aggressive, and they drive aggressive. So I think I got to buy a Nissan, the Works Nissan Group C car from 1989. And in fact, my uncle was a Works Nissan driver that year, and he raced it. He put it on pole at the Daytona 24 hours, so... Group C cars are have a soft spot and I can relate to it from a family member driving one and the Nissan cars always looked super cool. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a a Group C Nissan, that's for sure. Uh you know, that's a cool choice. Uh back in the eighties, I was married in the early eighties and one of the tracks they raced at was at Del Mar. They turned basically wow. the parking lot into a track. <laughs> and, you know, it's kinda like racing through Long Beach and so forth. Yeah. So they weren't super fast, but Lots of turns and twisties, and I remember going over there and watching those races and those cars run, and just thinking, "Oh gosh, these things are so cool!" And, yeah, no, uh, they're 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 so I, you you I can't I don't think I words do justice to describe how fun those cars are to drive. It's just pure power. Yeah, yeah absolutely, very cool. Love to get you one of those cars and that particular car. So I'll get to work on that Looking for you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, there you go, James. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll let you know. You've taken me on a great ride. I knew this would be fun. I want to thank you for sharing your story with us. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that 89 and Nissan? I would say just the longest journey start with one step and um, just get going and uh, make it happen. <laughs> Don't let someone tell you that it's not going to happen. And I think the hardest thing to do in life is to start something. And it's like... Uh, yeah, I don't know if, if you're going training or you, you're going to go for a run outside and it's cold and it's wet. The hardest thing to do is put your runners on and get going. Once they're on, you're gone. So um, just take your first step and uh, away you go. Swallow that frog, as they say. There you what's go. The, what's the best way for our listeners to keep up with you? I know we mentioned before. Can you go through them a real quick again? Yeah. So uh, jamesrowjr.com and jamesrowjr on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, uh, CJJ Motorsport social media channels you'll also find me on it so yeah as i said you won't uh you won't struggle to to find us there you go i'll make sure i put links to all those on james shona's page want to give a nice shout out to scott Merritt of the dalton agency for introducing me to james today thank you scott uh he's introduced me to some cool people james thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners our best wishes for a 2020 season and victories all the way along i'll keep up with you until we talk again I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate the time. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me 
on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!